me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of the Savior, the hope of nations. Savior, he can move a mountain. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever, author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. So take me as you find me, all my fears and church to produce fruit in us so that your will may be done. Amen. Let's all read together Galatians 5 verses 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Continuing our series on the nine fruits of the Spirit, talking about how when God's Spirit indwells us who are His believers baptized into Jesus Christ, that His Spirit comes into us. And when the Spirit dwells in us, we become contagiously transformed. 
by the character of God that lives within you. The reality is that if God is living inside of you, you cannot help but be influenced to become more like God. And that's what the Spirit is doing. And so when we look at the fruit of the Spirit, what we see in this list over and over again is character traits and virtues that are demonstrated over and over again in Scripture by God that are now demonstrated over and over again by His people, which is us. Uh, the order, we're, we're preaching through this series in order uh, with one exception, and that's we switch this week and next week. So kindness generally follows forbearance or patience, uh, but this week we're doing kindness first and patience next week. And the reason we did that is because next Sunday night we're doing a marriage seminar called Fight Night, and we just thought that talking about patience before talking about marital conflict made more sense. Um, so we're talking about kindness today. And this week when I kind of started thinking about the sermon and thinking about it, uh, the challenge for me was to think about what Christian kindness means without just falling into cliches and platitudes and, and telling people to be friendly. Uh, and so when we talk about Christian kindness, we're really talking about much more than just being good-mannered. We're talking about much more than just being uh, friendly to people when you interact with them. Now, that's included within Christian kindness. In fact, at Northwest, when you walk into the building, one of the first things that happens that shows the evidence of God's Spirit dwelling in us and among us as a body of believers is the people that we scatter around the building to welcome people as they come in. Uh, and we're really lucky to have some spirit-filled people, I guess not lucky, we're blessed, to have some spirit-filled people that love welcoming people into this place. And it's that kindness that's shown to them as they enter, as we enter every week, that is one of the first pieces of evidence that the spirit is here. But when you talk about kindness, we need to begin by understanding the difference between kindness and goodness. Because they're both fruits of the Spirit, but they're, they're different in a lot of ways. And, and as I've looked this week into the difference between kindness and goodness, what I've come up with is this, is that goodness, which we're going to talk about a lot in a couple of weeks, goodness is internal. And it is, it is part of your makeup. All that is you and your core and all that, that is within you is either good or evil. It is either made up with, with goodness and purity and completely holy good, or there's other stuff in there too. And so in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about goodness, but the goodness of the spirit that's within you is the thing that makes you have integrity and purity and just goodness. But kindness is not internal. Kindness requires that the goodness that is within you is, comes out of you in, in the form of kindness towards others. Kindness requires a sender and a receiver. Kindness must be verbalized or must be uh, experienced. It must take action. It must come out of the person who is, has an idea. So if you have an idea of something kind to do and you don't do it, you are not kind. You might be good. You might be ambitious. You might be someone with, with lots of ideas, but that's not kindness. Kindness requires 
that whatever is inside of you that wishes good for someone else comes out of you and does something in the world. Kindness always makes a difference. And so I love what Brian talked about in, in his communion thoughts this morning is that kindness does not disappear into the fog of history. It makes a difference in the lives of other people. And so in little ways and in big ways, kindness changes the world. You cannot do kindness if you're in a room by yourself. It requires someone to receive it. Uh, I think this is why kindness uh, can be plural and goodness really can't. Goodness exists as a whole within you but you can give to people many, many kindnesses because it can be done over and over again. It's outward, it's active, it's expressed. And, and the other thing that's really interesting about kindness is I think if we had got together in an exercise outside of a Sunday morning where kindness was the topic, and I said, fill in the blank with all of the words that you can think of to describe God. God is. And we would come up with awesome, powerful, Strong, loving, forgiving, merciful. I wonder how long it would take us before someone said, kind. God is kind. And I think part of the reason that we wouldn't think of that is because we think of kindness as kind of a very surface level. We think of it as being superficial. We think of it as just being friendly. But it, it, it is more than that. And what's interesting is when you look at the over 50 times that kindness is talked about in Scripture, that over and over again it's talking about the kindness that God shows to people. And I want to show you some of these passages so that you can see what the kindness of God looks like. Because as we've talked about throughout this series, it is the character and virtue and actions of God that the Spirit places in us as we go out and do that work in the world. And so we need to look first to God to understand His virtue. In Genesis chapter 32, verses 9 and 10, it's talking about God's kindness to Jacob. And it says, Then Jacob prayed, O God, my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you who said to me, Go back to your country and your relatives, and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two camps. When Jacob talks about the kindnesses and faithfulness of God, he's not talking about how God was friendly to him. It doesn't mean that every day as Jacob woke up that his experience was that God would, would, would speak to him and say, Good morning, Jacob. Are you, did you sleep well? It's not that kind of kindness. The kindness that God showed Jacob was that Jacob went into a foreign land with nothing but a staff. And when he went into that land, he emerges from it with family, with wealth, with wisdom, with maturity, with growth. Jacob the deceiver leaves as one who is now going to try and make amends over past stuff. He has got so much. And if you ask Jacob, Jacob, why do you have all of these things? He will tell you because God has been kind to me. Joseph, in, later in Genesis 39, also talks about the kindness of God. Joseph, uh, Genesis 39, 20 and 21 says, but while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. 
That's pretty concrete stuff. If you're in jail, especially in an ancient prison, whether or not the, the warden favors you is going to have a major impact on the quality of your life. <clears throat> Joseph says, God has shown kindness to me because the warden is favorable to me. And his life was able to be good. In fact, Joseph rose to be almost second in command within the prison, having influence over others and being entrusted with much, even as a criminal falsely accused in a prison in Egypt. Later, Joseph is talking to someone who is going to be getting out of prison, and he says to them, when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. <clears throat> and when he says that, he doesn't mean, hey, mention me kindly. He doesn't mean, hey, when you see Pharaoh, tell Pharaoh, I met this great guy in prison. His name was Joseph. He was swell. Just thought you should know. And isn't that how we often think of kindness is just a compliment and a kind word? But in this case, what Joseph means is when you get out, as I foretold that you would through the dreams that God has helped me to interpret, tell Pharaoh to get me out of here. That's the kindness. Don't just remember me kindly. Show me the kindness of helping me get out of this prison. <coughs> Later in Joshua, chapter 2 and verse 12, it's talking about the kindness that Rahab both shows and receives. This is Rahab the prostitute who's living in Jericho. And Rahab says to the spies that she is hidden and protected from those who want to kill them and to bring them out and to catch them spying on Jericho. Rahab says to them, now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I've shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all that belong to them that you will save us from death. This is serious stuff in Rahab's life. Rahab says, listen, I have risked my life to save yours. I have shown you this kindness. And what you see is that kindness is not good manners, that kindness can be the life-saving, life-sacrificing work of showing incredible goodness to people at great risk to yourself. And that way, when you look at all of the great rescue missions throughout history, whether it was... Uh, you know, Schindler's List, or whether it's the Underground Railroad, or people that went to unbelievable measures to deliver people out of great persecution and suffering, those people were showing a great kindness to all who they rescued. This is kindness. <clears throat> it comes up repeatedly in the book of Ruth. In the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verse 8, then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back, each of you, to your mother's home. And may the Lord show you kindness of you have, as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. Later in, in the same book, it says, uh, speaking of, of Boaz, the Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, that man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian Redeemers. He was doing so much more protecting them, providing for them, giving them the food that they needed, and it was described as kindness. 
The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. This beautiful story of people having faithfulness to one another, being committed to one another, being loyal to one another, is described over and over again as a kindness. The kindness of God is not that he is friendly or soft or gentle, and there's times when God is those things. The kindness of God is that over and over again, he gives us the active, active, life-changing good things that we need and desire so much. Early this week, throughout this series, I've requested that people kind of send me uh, art, that they send me pictures, that they send me things to include in this. Uh, This week, uh, Jackie sent me several poems, and I really loved what they talked and what they expressed about the way that kindness takes root in people's lives and the difference that it can make when it gets into our hearts and our minds. Uh, and I've asked Jackie to come share one of those with us, and then after that, Alton's going to actually share another one of them. And, and I've asked them to share these poems not only because I want you to hear the poems but I want you to hear these poems read by the voices of two of the people who have had the Spirit of God take root in their lives. And in their voices, you're going to hear the voices of people who have lived lives of showing God's kindness to others. And so as we celebrate the Spirit's work of doing things in us and through us, part of the reason that that I want them sharing this with you today is so that you see in our own family people who have a legacy and a lifetime of showing kindness to others. Um, Jackie, if you'd come read. Daniel Clement Colesworthy wrote this poem in the 1800s. It's entitled Kind Words. <coughs> A little word in kindness spoken, emotion or a tear, has often healed the heart that's broken and made a friend sincere. A word, a look, has crushed to death full many a budding flower, which had a smile been owned its birth, would bless life's darkest hour. Then deem it not an idle thing, a pleasant word to speak. The face you wear, the thoughts you bring, a heart may heal or break. Once someone said something nice about me, and all undeserved that I knew it to be, I treasured it there on my heart's deepest shelf, till one day I quite surprised even myself 
by honestly making an effort to be the nice thing that someone once said about me. We tell ourselves at times that words don't matter, that they can't do harm and they can't build up, but the reality is that words matter a lot. And the more that you matter to the person you're speaking to, the more weight your words have. And parents, let me tell you, these two poems tell you something you need to hear, that you parents can speak reality into your children's lives. Karen, if you, moms, dads, if you tell your kids you are loved, they will grow up being loved. If you tell them you are not worthy, they will grow up knowing that that is true too. If you tell your children you are smart and wonderful, that will become their reality. They will live into the kindness that you express over them. The blessings that parents give their children in their words and in their actions and in their time and in their attention produce in them what becomes a life growing out of what parents pronounce over their children. And husbands and wives, the things that you say to one another will become true in your marriage. And if it's true in those relationships, at different levels, it becomes true in every single relationship that you have. When I was a teenager, several people that were part of this church told me, we think that you're a preacher. And here I'm standing because of the kindness that you showed me, not just to say those nice things to me, but to keep giving me more opportunities to grow and to live into that. That, that people spoke that into me, and, and sure enough, I grew into the words that you gave me, the kindnesses that you showed me. And over and over again in your life, you can probably think back to things that people said and kindnesses that people showed you that all of a sudden changed how you viewed yourself and opened a door for you to live differently. This is the power of kindness. In Romans 12 and 14, in a section that's talking about what sincere love looks like and how people should treat one another in the community of believers, is this little instruction, bless those who persecute you, Bless and do not curse. And we don't do a lot of blessing and cursing today. It's been a while since I've, I've looked at someone while driving and thought, oh, curse upon your vehicle. I mean, we don't do a lot of cursing today. Um, but the reality is that we do choose in every single interaction that we have whether or not to be a blessing to someone or a curse to them. In every single interaction that you have to someone, you can choose whether to be open-handed with them or close-fisted with them. You can hold on to what you have or you can give it away willingly and with, with thanksgiving that you received it so that they can be thankful as they received it. Every single interaction that you have, is a you have got a choice. Will I bless this person or will I leave them lacking? Will I give them something or will I take something away? Am I willing to be the kind of person who is constantly trying to improve the lives of those around me? You can show kindness or rudeness. 
generosity or stinginess, a smile or disinterest, a kind word or a harsh word, every single interaction. And in Romans, it talks about bless those who persecute you, but it doesn't mean exclusively. What it means is even out to those who persecute you and are your enemies, bless them, and then everyone in between your enemies and you, bless them too. Constantly be choosing kindness over all the alternatives. As God has been good to you, so you too should choose to be good to others. I want to have one more person come up. George, if you don't, George, you want to come on up? George's story about his early interactions with Northwest Church of Christ have made an incredible impression on me, and I want to give him an opportunity to share them with you. And, and George wants you to know that it's not because he's good or great or anything else, but because he wants to share with, with you his experience that he's had at Northwest and the impact that kindness has had on his life. Um, George, thanks for being willing to come up, up here. Thank you. And I promise they'll be nice because I'm talking about kindness. <laughs> <laughs> um, How did you come to know about Northwest? About nine months ago, um, I was sleeping outside the Salvation Army. Um, it was a Saturday. I knew Sunday that I, I could get up and find something to eat. But that Saturday night, I was just drinking water, drinking water to get full, to go to sleep. And um, I'm abundant my backpack outside, and all of a sudden, I'm sorry, brother, all of a sudden I heard someone says, hey, guys, are you guys hungry? <laughs> and, and the weird thing about it, he was standing right over top of me. And I looked up, and I said, man, where you come from? He says, my name is Brother Alton. I have bread, and I have water. I said, and I said, you got anything? He said, I have bread for life and water for life. So I was hungry, so I took the food and he talked it to me. He said, well, I could come get you guys, I could come get you Sunday and you can stay with us. And I, I just came to get the food. I'm gonna be honest, I just came to get the food and it was hot to get out the weather. And um, I came that next, next day, he came and found me and brought me here. Um, When I came here, I just wanted food. That's all I wanted. Um, for 40 years, I was, a, I was a Muslim. I wasn't mean towards Christians, but I was arrogant towards them. And this, he sent this, I, I didn't understand it at the time, but my soul was hungry. And he sent somebody in my life they made a, made a drastic impact on the way I see things. I came here, I was dirty, stinking, and somebody walked up to me and she went to hug me and I backed up, but she just kept being persistent. She was persistent. And it was Miss Jackie. She didn't care what I smelled like. Nothing. I never believed in angels on earth, but I thought, I thought she was an angel. And 
just a few, about a month ago, I was blessed and honored to become a member of this congregation. And when I, <laughs> I have, when she hugged me, for me living on the streets, I was defensive, but when she hugged me, I knew it, it was a sincere hug. I knew it was sincere. And by her hug and highways and byways, blessings and mercies, it allowed me to put my guard down and welcome everybody that I in here into my life. And there has not been not one person, not even a child here, that hasn't made an impact on my life. And I'm just honored to be here. Thank you, George. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. And Talking about this yesterday, and, and I love something you said, is that you'll always say about Northwest. There's always room for one more. Yeah. Always, always room for one always more. Always room for one more. Thanks, George. I, yeah. I wanted you to hear that story because I'll. I want you to think about how you came to be a part of Northwest or how you became a Christian. And I want to ask you this, how many of you remember someone who showed you an act of love or generosity or kindness that was part of your decision to be a Christian or to be part of this church family? And if you remember that kindness, I mean, just raise your hand. And when we think about the power of the Spirit, we think about all the big stuff. But church, I'm telling you, the kindness has turned this church family around. And I listen to George, and I, I hear people speak, and I hear the stories of everyone that's here at Northwest. And, and what's clear is that God opens doors with kindness that allow the Spirit to come into us so that we can continue to show His goodness and kindness through acts of love and care to others. And it's rooted in God's goodness and His own kindness. And the challenge for us is to be kind as Christ was kind to us first. So in Romans 11 and verse 22, it says, Consider therefore the kindness and sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you will be cut off. Paul's trying to describe the salvation that comes from Jesus Christ. And he's like, what's the word? What's the word that describes what it's like to be saved because of Jesus Christ? What's it like to receive? What are we getting from God when we receive salvation, the very, the very gift of eternal life, the gift of not being part of the kingdom of the world or of the devil or of evil anymore? We're part of the kingdom of God. How can I describe it? And the word that he comes up with, the word that is given to him is kindness. Your salvation is a kindness that's been given to you from God. And in Titus 3, the passage that was read earlier was, was discussed. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. That's all. The kindness of God, all it is, 
is all the goodness and salvation and forgiveness and compassion and mercy and renewal and rebirth that you've been given. And church, if you're here today and you've not accepted all of those gifts, the kindness of God is being offered to you, and I don't know why you won't take it. And church, the call for us today is as we go from here is to look for every opportunity to bless and not curse, to show kindness to all that we come in contact with because the spirit is in you contagiously transforming you into the image of a God who bestows upon his people kindness after kindness, mercy after mercy, goodness after goodness, actively, outwardly making our lives better, giving us all of these good things hoping that we will then give it to others. We give as we have received because Jesus showed us the ultimate kindness, bringing us salvation on the cross. We can just give and give and give, and we can't outgive the kindness that God's already shown us. If you need to respond to the gospel today, or if you've got any other need, please come forward this morning as we stand and sing. A common love for each other, a common gift to the Savior.